Hey guys, I hope you are enjoying replay month. And the one I've got for you today is probably one of my personal favorites from last year. The concept of sonship was a game changer for me. I did not know what it meant to be a beloved son. I had no understanding of that. I behaved like an orphan. I thought like an orphan. I lived in a constant scarcity mentality. Sonship was the furthest thing from my mind. And when that finally gripped me, when I finally understood I could wake up in the morning and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter what happened that day, I was a beloved son of God. That radically changed my world. Sonship is an important part of being a man. It's an important part of knowing what it means to be a man of God. And God deals with his sons differently than he does other men. And that's what this episode is about. I hope this is a blessing to you. And I hope today you start walking in some sonship. Enjoy the replay. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Welcome to the podcast, guys, and thank you for sharing a few minutes of your week with me. One of the reasons I started this project was to share my personal journey in Christ with other men. I wasn't physically present the day my king gave himself for me, and I didn't get the opportunity to walk with him and see him do his miracles or hear him teach. And while I didn't see any of that with my own eyes, I believe that the testimony of the men that did is trustworthy and true. What I have seen with my own eyes and experienced in my own life, that I can bear witness to. And that's what this podcast is all about. Me sharing how our risen Jesus, by His Holy Spirit, revealed the truth of His gospel to me, gave me the ability to believe this message and the power to become a son of God. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That leading of the Holy Spirit has been a force in my life for many years now, and He continues to reshape me as a man. It's that process of being reformed and reshaped into the image of God's perfect Son that men get confused about. You see, salvation isn't just a singular event. I am saved. I am being saved. And at Jesus' return, I will be saved. The salvation of Jesus is a process, one that I have not always been a willing party to. My story is filled with failures, ignorance, and downright stupidity. The sins I have committed after my acceptance of Jesus as Savior are far more grievous than the ones I committed before I knew Him. When we first start in a relationship with Jesus, we're like, spiritual toddlers, learning how to walk. We will fall. We will stumble and eventually we'll learn to walk. It's when we accept the constant stumbling and we stop trying to learn how to walk upright that we get in trouble. 
It's when we buy into the lie that we will always stumble, so just embrace it as part of being human. The Apostle John in his first letter wrote this in 1 John 3, 9. Everyone who has been fathered by God does not practice sin. Now, when those who are outside of Christ sin, they are certainly held to the consequences of those sins. Even if it looks like they got away with it scot-free, I can assure you that they didn't. The laws of sin and death are as sure as gravity and taxes. When we sin as sons, however, we can expect a different experience than those who are not sons. Sons are handled differently by God and by God's enemies. When sons sin, you can expect the enemies of your soul to jump on this like a duck on a June bug and wear you down with guilt, condemnation, anger, frustration, hopelessness, and any other feeling or emotion they can throw at you that will make you feel more like an orphan than a son. Our sin becomes a weapon in your enemy's hands, and they know how to use this weapon with great skill because sin Well, that's their medium of choice, and they've been using it to drag men away for millennia. The divine being that we call Satan today is called that because Satan in Hebrew means accuser or prosecutor. It wasn't originally a proper name. Satan was a job description. In Zechariah 3.1, there's actually a scene where Joshua the high priest is standing before the angel of the Lord. And the Satan, Satan, is standing at his right hand there to accuse him. Satan will accuse you in your own mind, and he'll seek to condemn you in your thinking. Before the cross, Satan had the right to stand before God and accuse a man, and you had better believe he did that often. But after the cross, after the empty tomb, all power and all authority was given to Jesus. And if you are a son, Satan has no right to condemn you any longer. Because, according to Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that doesn't mean that sons who sin don't face consequences for that sin. It just means that Satan has no right to be addressing it. Because as a son, we are no longer under his authority. As sons, when we sin, we can expect correction, but not condemnation from the Father. Hebrews 12, verses 6 through 11 reads this, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son he accepts. Endure your suffering as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you do not experience discipline, something all sons have shared in, then you are illegitimate and are not sons. Besides, we have experienced discipline from our earthly fathers, and we respect them. Shall we not submit ourselves all the more to the Father of spirits and receive life? For they discipline us for a little while as seemed good to them, but He, God, does so for our benefit that we might share His holiness. Now, all discipline seems painful at a time, not joyful, 
But later, it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those trained by it. If you're not getting correction from the Father when you openly sin, you are not a son. The passage we just read is clear. God corrects His sons. He trains His sons and uses their failure to teach them how to be sons. In my past, I made the mistake of failing to recognize the corrective hand of my father. Life becomes painful for sons of God when we're in open sin. Because sin is destructive and it separates us from the life and the power of God. When things get separated from life, they start to rot and decay. Like deep, open wounds, they get infected Sin produces wounds in our souls that will manifest themselves outwardly in our lives in very painful and destructive ways. Those who are closest to us are often collateral damage caught in all of that. There were several seasons of my life that were very painful. Nothing was working. Not my relationships, not my marriage, not my family, not my work life. Everything around me seemed to be going to hell in a handbasket. This is where we as men will often medicate ourselves with alcohol or sex, porn, pot, drugs, video games. Most of you guys that are listening, you know this story. Some of you may still be living in it right now. This, of course, just ramps up the infection and the pain. We mistake a small comfort that promises relief, a relief that is short-lived, by the way, for true healing. We foolishly continue to numb the pain instead of dealing with the wound. Man, I see a lot of guys today whose lives are in tremendous turmoil. Their marriages are a wreck and they are living in sustained misery. And it's misery brought on by their own sin and a refusal to own it. If you are a son, this chastisement from God that we often fail to see, it is one of the greatest gifts of grace. Because God only corrects those who are His. He only corrects those sons who He deeply loves. When's the last time you spanked the neighbor's kids? As sons, you can expect and trust in this. When you are God's son, He is fully committed to seeing you transformed and reshaped into the image of His perfect son, Jesus. Even when you are not committed to this, He is, and He never stops working in our lives. When you are a son of God, you can be sure that our Father relentlessly pursues us and is working everything in our lives, including our failures, and the correction that follows for our good and His glory. Romans 8.28 says that we know that all things, all is a very big inclusive category, and it includes this. All things work to the good of those who love God. Here's what I want to leave you with today. If you are a son of God and you are living in a state of unconfessed sin, that sin is a weapon in your enemy's hand and you can be dang skippy. He will use it at just the right time to bring about the most pain and destruction that he can in your life. I know this to be true because I have personally experienced it. The only way you disarm him is to confess this sin, 
to acknowledge it, drag it out into the open, ask for forgiveness, intentionally turn away from that sin and determine in your heart by the grace of God never to return there. Remember, those fathered by God do not practice sin. You may need to confess this to another brother and even ask for some accountability as you learn to walk free from that sin. Whatever you do, you can no longer afford to ignore it. Your father, who has known you even before you were formed in your mama's womb, knows exactly who you are at your worst and at your best, and he still loves you. You cannot disappoint God by your behavior because he has never had any false expectations of your behavior. Jesus knew all your sins long before you committed one of them, and he paid the full price for them all. You can, however, grieve God's heart with your behavior and create tension and distance in that relationship. But your father has never abandoned you as a son, and he never will. Stop allowing the enemy to convince you otherwise. You are a son, not an orphan. Come to the Father, ask for forgiveness, and then allow Him to restore you. Remember, it's those who are led by the Spirit, especially when He is convicting us of sin and prodding us to deal with it. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit, those are the sons of God. Stop ignoring His voice and His work in your life, and allow Him to lead you back home. (laughs) I can say that because I ignored His voice for a long time, and I paid a high price for it. Let me also say, if you are regularly practicing sinful behavior, and you're not being chastised, and you're not convicted in your heart by the Holy Spirit, you got a problem, and you are likely not a son. You may still be under the authority and the care, if you can call it that, of the enemies of God and humanity. Now's a great time to examine yourself. And if you find that you're an orphan and not a son, I got good news for you. God is still adopting sons. And you can be one and be under his care. If you're willing. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless, brothers. You've been listening to the Reman Initiative. I'm your host, Joe Bailey. I'm the Executive Director of Men's Training and Mentorship for The Real Men 300 with Dr. Joe Martin. What is The Real Men 300? It's a brotherhood of faithful men fiercely determined to follow the ultimate man, Jesus Christ, in the most critical areas of a real man's life. Loving God with all our hearts, souls, and minds. Inspiring, loving, and leading our wives and children. Finding our God-given purpose and identity in Christ and equipping ourselves and others to live in the blessings and favor of God while building a lasting legacy. All of this is accomplished in a connected, discipleship-focused community of Christ-centered men. Look, if this is something you know you need to be a part of, then go to realmenconnect.com and schedule a call with us today.